Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Be sure to catch live editions of Rogan and Rodney weekdays at noon on AM 570 LA Sports. And don't miss the FNA podcast with show producer Kevin Figures and Clippers host Adam Oslin on the iHeartRadio app. Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. In LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Keith. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, let's go. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Two hours for us today on Friday. We don't care on Friday. Anything goes. And when we only do two hours, we really don't care. <laughs> Everything goes. All right, we start with the NBA playoffs. By the way, Ned Colletti will be on here later on this hour. Uh, all right, let's go. Lakers-Phoenix. Get started Sunday. Uh, John Hollinger of The Athletic wrote this morning, and I read it, that, uh, you know, there's an upset here. He's got Phoenix upsetting the Lakers. It's going to be a very short run for the Lakers. Can we all agree to this? If the Lakers are hurt, if LeBron goes out, if AD goes out, either one of them, they're not winning the title. Can we agree to that? Yes. Okay. So if we can agree to that, can we agree to this? If LeBron is healthy or as healthy as he can be, and AD can stand upright and as healthy as he can be, and both are playing as well as they can, maybe not at the top of their game, but not far from it, can we both agree to this? that the Lakers will be the favorite in every series if those two guys are okay. I I would say, yes, they'd be the favorite in every series until you get to the finals, and if Brooklyn gets there, I think Brooklyn will be the favorite. Okay, but we then will say that they will be the favorite in the West, at least, if yeah. both of those guys are healthy. Yeah. Okay. So now when you read, and, and anything can happen, we acknowledge that. When you were reading, I got to tell you, the Lakers are gone in this first <laughs> this first series. Phoenix is going to get them. Some, something cataclysmic is going to have to happen for the Lakers to lose to the Suns. Everybody's going to have to get hurt. They're going to have to miss the plane. Maybe there are no hotel rooms in Phoenix, so they have to stay in Tucson. They'll be tired driving up. <laughs> I, I don't know what has to happen, but something cataclysmic because – the Lakers present unbelievable matchup problems for the Suns. As two guys from Arizona, Rodney from Tucson, yeah. me from Phoenix, guys that when we were little would watch the Suns. I love the Suns. I was at the first game they ever ever played against the Russian national team. <laughs> I was there in their expansion season. I was at the Coliseum in Phoenix, the Madhouse on McDowell. I was yeah. at that game. Yeah. Okay. I am telling you, 
that the Suns cannot win the series unless something dramatic happens to the Lakers. And anybody around the country that is predicting an upset in this series has something seriously wrong with them. It cannot happen. The Lakers are simply better and present matchup problems, and the Suns are young, do not have the experience. Yeah, will they win a game? Absolutely. Might they win two? Who knows? Maybe. But the Lakers win this series. Am I crazy? No, no, no. You're not crazy. I, I just want to know that you're not going to um, you are not going to change that tune no matter how the series goes, right? We got we're getting this. This is the Fred Rogan on record, Kevin, right? This is Fred Rogan saying he's not going to change that tune. Phoenix goes up 2-0. Phoenix goes up 3-1. You're not changing that tune no matter what, right? Right. That's a legit question, Rodney. Absolutely not until after Sunday. No, I'm not changing. <laughs> yeah, it. that sounds about right. No, because first of all, you said the Lakers are winning in six. I think is what you yeah. said. To me, that's not convincing. Because if a series can go six, it could probably go seven. Exactly. Convincing is seven. five. Is five or fewer? Yeah. Uh, well, if, if a it series... gets to seven, then and, and it's in Phoenix. Yeah. If it gets to dicey. six, yeah. So if it, if the Lakers are head and shoulders above them and better, yeah. which I think they are, by the way. Okay. I need you to say they're going to win in five, not in six. No. Six is six cast doubt to me. No, I'm taking the Dan Wojcicki approach. If you go six and they win in five, you look like a genius. If you go six and they win in seven, you look like a genius. Six is always the safe number to go with. It is very safe, but that's yeah. not convincing Are you to me. safe? Are you safe, Fred, today? Right. Yeah, I'm safe. I feel very safe. Is that because when you, you were said- speaking bold in the tease and in the first minute of this segment, Fred, yeah. you were speaking bold about there's no way uh, Omaha folks are crazy and <laughs> I grew right. up a Phoenix Sun fan. Right. There's absolutely no way the right. Suns can win. That's correct. Now, Fred, is your confidence shaken because you came on boldly the other day and said the Lakers were going to wipe the floor with the Warriors and it took a last-second heave <laughs> yes. from LeBron James yes. to win? You took the points, remember? Is that what five. It is? I did ask, yeah, I asked about the point spread, Rodney. He yeah. said, oh, yeah, take the points. They'll kill them. Yeah, yep. let me let me say this. It's all in your definition of wiping the floor. Okay. You know, mine is they won. Gotcha. I see. <laughs> and you might be the only one that defines yeah. wiping the floor that way, Fred. Fred, I was really worried about you that game. I, I couldn't help but think, oh, my God, Fred is going to hear it tomorrow. No, I knew the Lakers would win, and they did win. And I'm not sitting here as a homer. I'm just telling you they're so much better than the Suns. Fred, you wouldn't be a homer. I think the majority of people agree with you. There's a reason why the Lakers are favored in the series, even with being the seventh seed. I don't think anybody thinks that the Lakers shouldn't win the series. But again, if you're going to come out play and, it. and yell out a bunch of, oh, the Lakers are killing them, let's take something catastrophic for them to be able to lose the series, I'll take them in six. Like, like, no, nah. if it's that convincing, they'll kill them in five games or sweep them. You want me to take them in five? I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to be consistent is all I'm to, saying. Yeah, I want you to be consistent with the way you stuck your chest out yes. in the tease and in the first minute of this segment saying the Lakers will dominate, the Lakers are the better team, Phoenix has no chance, and be bold like that and say Lakers in five. Right. Uh, Ronnie says he wants me to take him in five. Right. Oh, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie. Why are you putting Ronnie on? <laughs> no, I, Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie's Fred, making Take it easy, Fred. Me. Ronnie says take Just him go in with five. the flow. How about that? Fine, I'll take him in five. All right. Are we good now? Sure. Yes, we're good. All right. And Rodney, you don't need to give me a number because I know you think the Lakers will win. You don't think they'll have any problems here, right? I don't. I okay. don't. Given everything you said, them, you know, being healthy, uh, I, I don't think they're, they're, there's going to be a problem. I do believe that they need to win it in five. Okay. 
I, I believe if, if if Phoenix is one of those teams, and we say this all the time, you don't want to give them any kind of hope. You know, look, Phoenix is coming off an incredible season. They, you know, coach of the year. They've got a rising superstar in Devin Booker, a veteran player in Chris Paul. And again, poor Chris Paul. I mean, he gets the team to the playoffs, second in the West, and then he's got to open up against the Lakers. Right. And, and the narrative will be Chris Paul can't win in the playoffs again. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's a shame. But you got to play through it. You got you got to beat everybody. That's just sports. But the Lakers need to take care of them early. They need to take the fight out of them. They need to take the heart out of them. They got to take any chance or any thought that Phoenix can beat them. They've got to do that early. If Phoenix comes away with two wins in Phoenix, it's a problem for the Lakers. Not saying that they won't still win it, but it's a problem because now you've given a team that believes that believed all season long. And remember, they went eight and zero in that bubble. They believed last year, and then they added a guy, and they proved that they are good. So they believe that they can beat the Lakers. For anybody thinking that Suns are going in this game thinking they have no chance, you better think again. Especially with Chris Paul, the veteran on that team, and then you got some young cocky guys on that team that believe they can beat anybody. Devin Booker can score on anybody. That's fair. So I, I you know, you give them life, you give them hope. Not saying that they're going to lose, but that'd be a, a bad thing for the Lakers to come out of Phoenix 0-2. Yeah, and what you need more than anything, you want this series to end as quickly as possible because yes. you still need to get rest. LeBron, his ankle, his eye, quote-unquote, mm. and Anthony Davis, and you know, he gets banged up every time somebody looks at him. So the shorter any series they can be in, but especially the early series, knowing that things are going to get tougher as they go, the better. I think that's why they need to show urgency and try to get rid of this thing in four or five games because of their health and their continuity. Fine, I'll say the Lakers in three. <laughs> Who are you? Wow. <laughs> you sound like my son when he was three. <laughs> Lakers are going to win the series. Yeah, Devin Booker is a matchup problem for their guards, really, and Chris Paul. We know that. But LeBron and AD present incredible problems for the Suns. So, yeah. And I, I would say this, you know, given, you know, almost like we said against Golden State with Steph Curry, get, he's going to get, Chris Paul's going to get his. Chris Paul's going to be a factor in this series. So is Devin Booker. And, and I'm getting to that. Devin Booker is going to score. He is going to get his. I'm fine with those two doing their thing. You can't let Aiton go off. You can't let the other guys get theirs. You can't let another guy um, go for 25 or 30 if you're the Lakers. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, I'm cool with them going 30 apiece and doing their thing. But the other supporting cast, they can't They can't be any kind of factor. Because Andrew Wiggins almost threw a wrench in the yeah. Lakers' plan uh, with Golden State. Yeah, defensively until they woke up. And, yeah. and then that changed. By the way, you, you can write this down too. DeAndre Ayton, as you would say, Rodney, is going to get mushed. He's going to get mushed face. <laughs> You're going to see his inexperience. Big guy. So let me ask you: Is is this a game where you see a lot? You see Drummond playing this type of game, or or and Kazal more, or do you see them doing the small ball like they did against Golden State, which was effective? What what I see is with Aiton, DeAndre Aiton in the game. Yeah, they got to go double bigs. They got to go yeah. uh, AD and Gasol or AD and Drummond. I think when yeah. he's out of the game, you'll see Montrez Harrell. Yeah, that, that that's at least what I'm thinking. You know, I haven't talked to Frank Vogel. I normally do before every oh, game. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, you didn't have that meeting yet, huh? Normally I do. Yeah. So what he did the other night against Golden State didn't surprise me. 
because it was on the agenda sure. for the meeting. What yeah. Fred doesn't know is as soon as he calls, Frank just answers the phone and puts the phone up to his dog's ear as Fred talks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's go Clippers-Dallas. Uh, yeah, conventional wisdom, I've read, Clippers would, would win this in six games. Uh, I have to tell you, I think this is a critical series for the Clippers, not only because it's the first round of the playoffs, because I think it speaks to so much more, Rodney. You know, last year the Lakers winning and the Clippers losing when many people yeah. thought it would have been the opposite. I think hurt the Clippers more than almost anything in, in many years. It stunted them. It pushed them back. They were in the limelight. They were the, the popular choice for a good portion of the season. Not only did they lose, but the Lakers won. And in Los Angeles, that knocks you back because winning is all that matters and winning makes you relevant. All right, so here we go again. This series against Dallas. I think every game, every series takes on increased importance because they can't afford to go out before the Lakers do. They That can't happen. For their own franchise in this market, they've got to go farther than the Lakers or at least meet the Lakers in the conference finals. They cannot lose before the, the Lakers do if either one of them does. It's a bad look for them, and it hurts them. The Lakers gaining more popularity, more strength, more the king is here in AD. Makes Kawhi and PG an afterthought. Do you agree? Yeah, it's critical. It's critical in a lot of ways. And again, you know, we talked about Phoenix. You know, the unfortunate situation for Phoenix having to be matched up with the Lakers in the first round. This is unfortunate for the Clippers to be matched up with Dallas. Dallas... And the way they play and the way Luka plays and the way, you know, they match up, Dallas has nothing to lose, right? They, they're expected to lose this series, just much like they were last season when they when they took them all the way to seven games. So it's, it's, it, it, it's critical for them to win it, but also I think it's critical for them to win it convincingly, to be honest with you. Because if it does go seven games, it'll be that narrative. It'll be that doubt that starts to creep in for the Clippers again. And if you're the Clippers, I know a lot of people talking about, well, if they don't get to the conference final or get past the second round of the playoffs, they're going to blow it all up. Well, you blow it all up. What are you, what are you doing? What are you going to do? Yeah, how I mean, can you blow it up? Yeah, and, and, and with this team, they say, well, you know, next year we'll, we'll do it. How do you do it differently? Kawhi's still going to be a load management guy. Right, so he's not going to play the minutes, that, and he hasn't, and he's not going to going forward. Paul George has been injured the last three years, so I mean, wh what is going to be different if you come back next year? It's going to be the same type of formula. So this season absolutely is critical because I don't, I don't think you can blow it up. I really don't, and I don't think you should blow it up. This is just the makeup with a guy like Kawhi. You just got to deal around him and, and understand that he is only going to play 60% of the games. Even if he's healthy, he's only going to play 60%. So you're not going to have that, quote, continuity, chemistry, whatever you're looking for that you can blame like they blamed last year. You're not going to have that because he's not going to play. But it is critical for them to get past Dallas. But I also believe it's critical for them to get past Dallas Kind of in convincing fashion. 
I do say one thing. It doesn't sound like you guys are as confident in the Clippers in this first round as you are about the Lakers and their prospects against Phoenix. Do you, is there doubt in your minds as to whether the Clippers will actually beat the Mavericks in the playoffs here? Yeah. Really? They're, look, there Surprising. is doubt. Well, first of all, it, it, zero in mine, by okay, the way. No, I, don't have any, I don't have any doubt. That yeah, I, I have concerns. I, I, I do. Because what are they? They are this. Here we are in the playoffs again. And let, we know what happened last year. It's a new year. It's a new team. And a different team. And by a the new way. year and, and a new the team. The last two games, they mopped the, they mopped the floor with the Mavericks the last couple of games of that series. I'm just saying, you got to show me now. I'm just, and you can say that makes no sense. But I think if you look at basketball in this market and you've seen what okay. has happened to the Clippers over the years, I don't care who's on the team, you got to close the deal. Right, well, you're looking at it from a, a giant macro city standpoint. Yes. I'm looking at the Clippers and the Mavericks facing off against each other in a seven game yeah. series. Starting tomorrow on AM eleven fifty. Yeah, I, I agree. That's what that. I'm I looking think, at. I, I agree with that. I, I I don't I don't I I think the Clippers should should beat them. That's why I'm saying it should be it should be within five. I think they should win this series in five games. I agree. Um, I just I'm just saying the factor of Luca going off and he's going to have to play spectacular every single game and every single night and Porzingis is going to have to do his thing. Now, granted, Porzingis every... too. Sorry to cut you off, Rodney. Just important. Porzingis only played in a couple of games right. in last last season series right. too. He got hurt and then right. and they still challenged him. Yeah. So he's back and and so it's going to be a, a, he's going to have to play great. But my thing similar with what I said about Phoenix, you can't give them any kind of hope if you're the Clippers. You can't have them split the you know opening you know couple of games and then go to Dallas and lose one and this be thing be two two at some point I think the Clippers have to be dominant because if Dallas has any kind of life you know with a guy like Luca who he's much like Steph Curry that could go off and be a factor that you can't stop does home court mean anything in these series do you think home court means anything because I'll tell you I just saw an alert Dallas will be at near 100% capacity. Yeah. And then, yes, yes absolutely. Then yes. Yeah. Because I was just thinking that near 100% capacity in the American Airlines Arena in Dallas. Here, what can you have? I think the Lakers have been having about 6,500, maybe. Okay. Is that going to make a difference? Probably not. You don't, you don't, so, you don't think near capacity in Dallas. Is, is going to make any difference? No, you're asking about the Lakers no, at no, Staples no, Center. No, well, the Clippers would be the exact same thing. Correct. Okay, so if they're near capacity and the Clippers can have 6,500, does that give Dallas an advantage playing at home? A slight one. Yeah, not, not much. But not a whole lot. So you're both on record five games. Clippers. Yeah, I'm on yeah. record five games Clippers five and games. five games Lakers as well. Rodney? Yes, on board. Five and five. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yes, he does. Wait, 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 It's a Friday show, Rodney. So the, the, the whole June 15th thing doesn't matter. It's only for outdoor sports that everything is open. Well, I don't know what's going to happen June 15th. I'm saying when they start on tomorrow. Yeah, no, I know that. Yeah. But as we move down the road. Well, down the road, yeah. Well, I'm sure you can have more fans in as you get deeper and deeper, for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So it'll matter more and more as you, as you keep going. The organist played a key role in the Dodgers' win last night. Dieter Rule. Key role. And now they're in San Francisco against, this makes no sense, the first place Giants. Well, Ned Coletti will join us next. Ha ha, Freddy. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. He's talking about Dieter Rule. Freddy.
That's what I'm talking about, Ronnie. Very, very apropos what was going on. Don't ever let them off the hook. I like that. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan on a Friday that we do not care. Not one bit. Mm-hmm. Did you see the signs, Fred? I saw the signs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was pretty classic. All right, now we want to bring out the world. Let's bring <laughs> let's bring on uh, Ned Coletti now. That was solid on Friday. Hey Ned, how are you? I'm doing okay. What a what a musical transition that was. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> not not our most solid segue, man. I gotta be honest. With you. <laughs> All right. Then we'll start medley. with this. What'd you uh, what'd you think of last night when Dieter played that song when Josh Reddick was up? <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought I thought the best is yet to come would be another one, you know? <laughs> Boy, the fans let him have it. You know, when he when he played for the Dodgers, I remember talking to him, and I said, you got to be excited to be here in L.A. And he looked at me, he goes, not really. I don't really like it here. And I thought, oh, you're going to do real well here. You're going to do real yeah. well. I, not so much for me. I don't really like it. No, it, uh, <laughs> he played that way, too. <laughs> Conservative answer, but he played that way, too. <laughs> oh, God, they let him have it last night. I thought that was just terrific. Well, there'll be more coming, probably. Yeah. All right, so, uh, you know, if they were ailing, they got well against uh, teams that the doctor prescribed. Now they're playing the Giants. I, I have to tell you, I think it's going to be so much fun. Uh, Farhan up there rebuilding the, the Giants. The protege of Andrew, who, you know, has done such a great job with the Dodgers. Gabe Kapler, who I believe originally Andrew Friedman wanted to manage the Dodgers. Farhan then hired him to manage the Giants after he lost his job in San Francisco. Are there some similarities here between the two organizations now, Ned? Um, that's a good question. I, I think um, I haven't studied the Giants a whole lot. I think that you have obviously mindsets that are that uh, intersect. I think um, you know Farhan and Andrew look at the game uh, very much the same, but uniquely to each other's liking. So. Um, I think you're seeing a lot of it. I think when Farhan first went there, you saw a lot of waiver claims of players that uh, will probably never show up in the big leagues, uh, which was uh, a little bit similar. I think you know they they try to they try to take a, a hidden value player, somebody that has yet to to kind of get on the radar of everybody else, and try and make a hit early. Um, but it's a, it should be a great series. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. Playing you know teams that can't really pitch or can't really execute or catch fly balls in right field, stuff like that. You know, it's it's good for the win column. I don't think it's really good for the competition of it. But uh, it'll be great to see a team that's, that's playing well. And old friend Mr. Wood tonight throwing for the, the Giants. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Ned, you always say uh, it's, it's a baseball season, not a baseball week, not a baseball month. And the Giants obviously got off to a great start. Um, in your opinion, are, are they for real? You know, I if the season was going to end on Memorial Day, I'd say, oh yeah, absolutely. But they're going to play longer, right? They still got; they're not even a third of the way through. Uh, they played well. Uh, I, you know, the organization plays. Uh, they play with a little bit of grit, a little bit of edge, always. 
and I think you're seeing some of that. You're getting some really good performances. There, there, there a lot of home runs. Uh, Wood has pitched pitch great, uh, which we've seen him do before, 16-3, and three, I think, a few years ago, and he went, made the All-Star team. But, you know, when's the last time that he made 25 starts in a season? Probably three or four years ago. Uh, the season will tell the story for everybody, and I think that's where the Dodgers really kind of separate themselves is really the ability to endure and endure at a high level. San Francisco's interesting right now. Can they, and I, I've talked, as I say once in a while, and I show you, I talk to scouts pretty much daily all over the game. And, and uh, you know, some of them are, you know, I've heard smoke and mirrors. I've heard it can't last. I've heard different things like that. Um, you know, we'll see. But the, the length of a season will test everything. You cannot fool a season. And they've done very good as you get close to a third of it. But you've still got, you've still got two-thirds to go, the toughest the toughest two-thirds to go are still sitting out there. Yeah, the, the Giants, uh, I think it's safe to say a little bit long in the tooth. They've got some older guys that are all playing very well. Their pitchers ha- have been very good, but, you know, it's not like they're 25 years old. And uh, while this is happening, Farhan is trying to, you know, reconstruct their farm system and, and infuse young talent. And I think it's remarkable. I also think that... Um, you know, maybe it's a bit of a, a house of cards. I don't know if you can expect these guys, as you pointed out, to perform like this all year long, Ned. And, and they're older guys. They're, they're going to get hurt as well. Absolutely. And we've talked about this on the show before. You know, when you get to August 1st, you know, teams may look a lot different than they look right now with the amount of injuries people have already sustained, and you're, you haven't even really gotten that deep into it. Um, I think it's the truest test in, in, in sport, maybe the Stanley Cup Finals, NBA Finals, because of the, how hard they play and, and the competition at that level. But a baseball season, I think, is the toughest test you've got because it, it is relentless with it. And if you if you start to, to wobble a little bit as a pitcher, as a hitter, as a young hitter, uh, it'll catch you. It'll catch you in a heartbeat. And I think that, you know, that's that's where I think the Dodgers are so uniquely set up compared to everybody else. Even San Diego, that, that they're playing well. But you know what? They've got a lot of young players that have not not made a hundred you know, not pitched hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy innings of quality, not just going out there, but being as good in September as you as you were in April and May. Tough to do. It's not made for everybody. So I think that, you know, the Dodgers are in the best spot of anybody. They've had their ups and downs, but far more ups and downs and far more of a um, endurance-tested crew. And I, I think San Francisco, yeah, they're playing good, and they've got some guys left over from their glory days. But as you point out, you know, they're, they're not, you know, they're looking for free agent deals. They're, you know, they're in their, their 30s and, and starting to, uh, you, would, you were kind of surprised that they've been playing as well. I would be kind of surprised that they played as well as they played so far even because the, the trend was really a downward slant. But again, the season will tell the story, and I still think that the season will separate the Dodgers from everybody else in the division and the league by the time we get to October. You know, when I was uh, when I was in in college at USC, people used to always, you know, ask me, and they still do. Oh, you hate UCLA? You want them? To, you want them to lose every game? And and I would always say, no, I want them to be good because I want them when we play them, I want them to be on the top of their game. It it just made it great for the rivalry. And as much as San Diego wanted it to be a rivalry between the Dodgers and Padres, 
this is the real rivalry with the Giants. Is it is it better for baseball and the NL West when the Giants are good and the Dodgers are good? Well, I think it is, and and you know, Dodger fans don't like to hear that, and Giant fans don't like to hear that either. But I think it really is, and I think it's good for the Dodgers that there's competition inside the division. I really do. I think, again, going back to the duration of a season, it is so long, grueling, relentless. When you play teams that you know, you know what, if we just hang with these guys for for an hour, hour and a half, by the time we get to three hours, you know, we'll have a five-run lead. They'll make a mistake. They'll give it up. And I think that when you play teams like that, you know, from a majority of a season, it's even tougher to compete, especially when you get to October and the teams then can play a little bit. They can pitch a little bit. They can execute. They can make a play in the field. They can make a nice play let alone the regulation plays that we see Arizona struggle with the last four nights. So I think it's good. I think it's good for the sport. I think it's good for every team that, that has designs on winning, that they play competition that can challenge them once in a while, a guy that can make a pitch. Alex Wood has had a nice career. He's been hurt a lot, a lot of ups and downs, but we do know he can make a pitch. We do know he knows what he's doing. So I think that – is a great thing for the Dodgers to face, except for Kelly last night. They really didn't have a whole lot of Arizona pitching that was tough. You saw guys getting walked late in games, tight games, you know, leadoff men getting on all the time. You know, that that's good for the, the win-loss column, but that's not good for how good you're uh, – it's not good for making your team better, I don't think. Uh, Ned, what do you think about the number of no-hitters in baseball so far this year? Uh, you know, it's um, – I think the whole thing is uh, needs a revamping when it comes to offense and pitching and the whole deal. That you've got such a dominant thing, you know. It's, you know, I'm going to sound like uh, you know the, the old guy here that that's uh, you know wishes it was back to 1980 or something. That's not the point. When you have a sport that has been for over a hundred years and you have more hits than strikeouts for every season except one a couple years ago. And now this past April, you had over a thousand more strikeouts, more than a thousand more strikeouts than hits during the month of April. That's good for the sport. There's some innings where where nobody puts the ball in play. You know, it's 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 not right. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't. I don't think it attracts people. I don't think it's as entertaining as it was. And yeah, hitting a, you know everybody can hit a home run. Guys are hitting thirty, forty, fifty home runs. You know, at the drop of a hat. You know, I don't know that that's the answer either. But I, but someplace in between is where the game rested for, for decades, and it was it was good enough to to build the, uh, the power that the sport has and and all that. But right now, when you have all these when. When guys are throwing no hitters, that you know, you go, wow, that, that's kind of interesting. You know, one a year, two a year. No, we got six. We're in seven weeks. You're you're averaging almost a no hitter a week in the big leagues. What's that saying? You've got all the strikeouts, more than a thousand more than hits in a month of May for the first time ever. You know, I I don't think that's I don't think that's really what the intent was. Yeah, no, I, I I enjoy it too. I like that. Um, hey, Ned, what do you what do you make of um, Albert Pujols now? Now that he's in the Dodger uniform, uh, just from outside looking in, he he looks he looks happy. He looks like he's having fun. Uh, I know from the clubhouse and, and and talking to some of the guys, they absolutely love him in the clubhouse, uh, and and it it feels like he fits in the uniform right now. 
what do you make of him being a Dodger? But also, what do you make of you know the different stories coming out of out of the Angels camp of why he left and his demands and all those things? Well, the Angel thing, I'll I'll, I'll let rest because I wasn't involved in any of it or or know exactly what transpired, but. I said that we said this on the air on Spectrum uh, Sportsnet LA. Nomar, myself, Jerry Hairston, John Hartung. That when he got designated, that we thought that there was no downside to this move. Uh, you got a veteran. You got a guy like like David Freeze, like Chase Utley, going back a little bit before that. A Bobby Abreu, a Brad Osmus, guys like that. That you know that they know how to play. And this guy's going to the Hall of Fame. This guy's better than any of them uh, of that crew. And. That that he's rejuvenated, that he you know he's he loves the idea. I'm guessing that he's got a chance to win again too. Not only play, I think that he could play less than he played in Anna, or as much as he played in Anaheim if they were going to win something. And but to to compete to be average, uh, you know, I don't think that's his style. And I think this is a I think they're going to get a lot out of him. I think they'll, they'll use him as they've used so many of their players. They're really, really smart with usage, and they pick their spots. They're not going to overextend anybody. They're going to let everybody you know, kind of get them to a certain point of productivity and try and keep them there, not by overuse, but by proper use. And I think that's, that's what you're going to see. Is he going to be able to hit 35 home runs this year? No, that's not what he's there for. But what he's there for is to help help the young guys on the club, uh, help the veterans on the club. Nobody's got his resume in the organization. Mookie Betts may one day, but he doesn't have it quite yet. And and to be a right-handed bat off the bench, especially against left-handed pitching. And he changes how people think. He changes how Dodger hitters think because of, you watch somebody with this caliber of play, and we talked about it the other day, he ranks one to five in the history of the sport in numerous offensive categories. That's that's huge prestige right there. And and so that changes how people think. But he also changes how the other team manages some. If they got a if they've got a lefty warming up in the pen and Albert's on the bench, you know, are they really going to bring this lefty in to face three hitters including perhaps Albert? You know, I don't know that that happens. Again, is he going to hit 35-40 and hit 320? No, that's not what he's going to do. But is he going to be productive? Is it a great addition for 400 and some thousand dollars to, to bring a player like this into this organization at this stage of his career with the hunger he's got to win? As I said, there's, there's no downside to this. Like 99.9 upside and .1 downside. All right. Well, it's always an upside when you're on with us, Ned. I'll tell you that. Well, thanks, guys. like being on with you. All right. You have a great weekend. All right, stay cool out. Might be a good three games here. Yeah, we'll be watching. Okay, Ned. All right. See ya. Little Friday, who dis? Who ready? You ready? I am ready. Let's go. Never lost. 866-987-2570. First caller, Kevin will pick you up, put you on the air. You're playing Rodney and Ronnie. And who dis? And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah. Afternoon delight. If I tell you I got you, my guy got you. If I say I love you, my guy love you forever. Don't listen to rumors, see you running by me. Don't even panic. I know you, my man, like this for like this. Today, Afternoon Delight is Nine Bridge by Rowdy Rebel, the 29 year old Brooklyn native 
dropped this track last Friday as he continues to churn out tracks since being released from prison in December. Since his release, Rebel has collaborated with the likes of Funkmaster Flex and French Montana before recruiting New York native A Boogie With A Hoodie for this track. Again, today's afternoon delight is Nine Bridge by Rowdy Rebel featuring A Boogie With A Hoodie. Rogan and Rodney Roulette. Who is this guy? This is who I am. Who is this guy? Who this? Today at 3, it's the first stop on the 2021 Petros and Money Virtual Chevy Summer Tour. Watch it live on Facebook and YouTube, brought to you by the Chevy Silverado. Number one, selling full-size pickup in California. Julie, here she is. She called in today. Julie, you there? <laughs> here, I'm here. Hi, Rodney. Come on, Julie Mac. Let's go. Gonna play a little who dis, all right, Julie? You got it. Okay, when you know it, you shout it out. Good luck, Ronnie. You ready to go? Happy Friday, Rogan and Rodney. I'm ready to play. All right, let's do it. I was the 15th overall pick in the 2011 NBA draft. Oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. And it is no good. Julie's in the game. I like it. Yeah. Andre Drummond. <laughs> How about new? Yeah. Byron Scott. No, oh, Julie. Mark, go Dude, way back. <laughs> Julie said Byron Scott? <laughs> yeah. I like it, Julie. I have no like clue. It. I'm just throwing out names just here. throw them out there. Throw them out there. Out there. Well. You, might, you might get it done. Yeah. Boogie Cousins. No good. Guys. Go ahead, Julie. Chris Paul. No, senor. Next clue. Yes. Who is this guy? I'm a five-time All-Star and two-time Defensive Player of the Year. James Harden. How about new? Ooh. Wait, when would Russell James Westbrook? Westbrook. Wait, stop. I'm just throwing out names for <laughs> okay. like Julie, all right? Oh, that's fine. I'm just going right. to say, I don't think James Harden was ever right, defensive off. player. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook? No, senor! Who is this Shaquille guy? Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal? No good! No. <laughs> yeah. Steph Curry? No, not Steph. Who was Steph defensive player of the year, too? Come on. Here's your next clip. Uh, How about new? I am a two-time NBA champ. And two-time finals MVP. Ooh. Kevin Garnett. And it is no good. Robert Orr. No, senor! Isaiah Thompson. No good! Who? How about new? No, Isaiah Thompson. <laughs> Which would be Isaiah Thomas. All right, here is oh. your, your last clue. Everybody get ready. Oh, no. You're going to oh, no. get it. You're going to get it. Here we are. Let's get it. Andre Ugadala. No, senor! I signed... With the Clippers prior to the 2020 season. Rajon Rondo. And it is no good. Kawhi Leonard. Boom, Julie. <laughs> Damn. Damn, Julie. Way to go, Julie. After all that. Just got to throw the names out. Throw those names out. Don't let Fred ever laugh at you, Julie. Julie got the first one. All right, here we go. I got one. You got one. Here's the next one. I was the ninth overall pick in the 1998 NBA draft. Kobe Bryant. No good! Derek Fisher. No, senor! Eddie Jones. How about Five you? Five. And it is no good. I made 14 All-Star teams and won one regular season MVP award. How many All-Stars? 14. Who is Tim this Duncan. guy? No good! I think the large one. No, no senor! 
Kevin Garnett. How about new? I played in two NBA finals and won the finals MVP in one of them. Paul Pierce. And it is no good. Andre Iguodala. No good. Who is this guy? Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Go to the well, Julie. Go to the well. Last clue. Last clue. And you'll get it. I am the best player in Dallas Mavericks history. Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, Dirk- Ronnie. Tony Parker. Ronnie. No, not Tony Parker. Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> so Ronnie got it. This is going to be just a, a battle to the end today. This is good. All right. Here's, here's a baseball one. I made eight all-star teams in my Hall of Fame baseball career. Andy Pettit. No good! Derek Jeter. No, senor! Alex Rodriguez. How about new? Johnny Bench. And it is no oh, good. Like, who is this guy? I won three Cy Young Awards and led all of MLB in ERA five times. Tom Ryan. No good! Clinton Kershaw. No, senor! Wait, Julie, who'd you say? Tom Seaver. How about new? I, I won my only World Series title with the Red Sox in 2004. David Price. And it is no good. Uh, no, uh, it was uh, the guy, uh, the guy, uh, uh, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Schilling. Kurt, Kurt Schilling. No Lester. Good. John Lester. Oh, no? No, Sandy. No. Oh, no, Kurt Schilling? No. Lester. No, wait. Ooh. No. Pedro Martinez. Rodney, run it. Okay. Halfway home. Everybody's got one. <laughs> Your next clue. I was a three-time NFL MVP. Brett Favre. Rodney. That was right in Rodney's wheelhouse. <laughs> Julie. Okay. Rodney's got two. Julie, Ronnie have one. Two questions to I play. I got one. Yeah, you got one. Here's your next clue. I was the sixth overall pick in the 2013 NBA draft out of Weber State. Damian Lillard. Rodney. What a wheel. Rodney. Weber State, really? Yeah. What a wheel, baby. Never lost. Never have and never on a Friday, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Daddy. You know what? It's Friday yet. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> exactly, Julie. But we one more question. One more. So Julie and Ronnie okay. are now battling for second place. Good luck. I won a national title and the Heisman Trophy in 2015. Ronnie, you can play. Yeah. Yeah. National title and Heisman Trophy in 2015. Vince Young? No, Senor! Derek Henry. Rodney. I tried, to, I tried to delay a little bit. You did delay a little bit. Yeah. Give everybody a chance to jump in. Yeah. All right, well. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm a baseball girl. What can I say? <laughs> well, no. Hey, listen, you were on the board today with a basketball question. I know. And I was just pulling it out of pulling it out of something. Out and of I do air. appreciate you you're throwing out Johnny Bench and Tom Seaver, too. That's going old school. Hey. Yeah. All right, Julie, everything okay with Bye. you? Life good? Everything is good. Everything's good. I'm fully vaxxed, so I'm I'm good. I celebrated by going to my to last Saturday to the baseball game, Trevor Bauer was pitching. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Outstanding. So much fun. 
We love that you listen yeah. to the show, and we love that you're a member of our family. Thank you so very much. You're very welcome. You guys have a great weekend. We're gonna we're gonna do well against the Giants. It's gonna be a fun three day game. Good matchup. It'll be awesome.